Support for this podcast comes from Owens Corning Air Care Contractor Program. Uncover hidden opportunities and take your HVAC business to the next level with Owens Corning. Owens Corning has done the work to provide you with a turnkey system from sales training to in-home tools with a simple story that practically sells itself. Add duct replacement and attic insulation to your service offering as a part of our program and elevate your sales today. For more information, visit owenscorning.com slash retrofit dash contractor. Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Hello there, SGI family and other contractor friends. I'm so thankful that you're here. Uh, as always, this is your reminder that all episodes of the Successful Contractor Show are available on YouTube as well as your favorite podcast player of choice. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind everyone that registration is open for your SGI Fall Expo. It will be held in beautiful Temecula, California. That's Southern California wine country. The dates are October 8th through the 10th. If you haven't heard, by registering early and attending Expo, you could win a big, big prize. Uh, it's SGI and Learning Alliance's success on-site giveaway. Uh, a visit to your office worth up to $20,000 by an LA trainer, uh, Brandon Marshall, or an SGI coach. Uh, register today by clicking on the registration banner on your SGI Hub website. Today's show is our second ever SGI monthly member panel. These are interactive live programs where an SGI coach joins me and two other SGI members to discuss a particular topic. This monthly member panel featured Michael Zeller from SGI, Wendy Ellis from Capital Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta, and Jill Zimmerman from Summers and Zims in Atlin, Pennsylvania. Jill, hope I got that right. Uh, among the four of us, we discuss the five qualities of, of great leaders. And all great leaders demonstrate these characteristics. This was an exceptional conversation and an insightful one. Uh, Wendy and Joe have been highly successful operators for a long time, and it's due to the fact that their team just absolutely loves them. Uh, but that love's earned, and uh, you will see exactly how they earn that love uh, it, over the course of this conversation uh, with Wendy and Joe. So with that being said, here's my discussion with Michael Zeller from SGI, Wendy Ellis from Capital Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta, and Joe Zimmerman from Summers and Zims in Atlin, Pennsylvania, as we discuss the five qualities of great leaders. I hope you enjoy it and take away a nugget or two. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in to our, our second ever monthly member panel. Uh, as Michael shared, uh, we've got two great, great members, great business leaders, great SGI leaders with us to discuss uh, the topic of leadership in particular. We're going to talk about uh, five qualities of great leaders. So without uh, further ado, um, our first panelist I will introduce is Miss Wendy Ellis from Capital Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So Wendy, please, I'll... Beautiful. You got it down. All right. Also joining us is Mr. Joe Zimmerman from Summers and Zims, and I'm going to mispronounce it, Ackland, Pennsylvania. How, Joe, how are you? Good. Go, Joe, I think you're on mute. There we go. There we go. By the way, Joe, what's it, an hour outside of Philly? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So, uh, all right. Well, before we start digging into questions, I think it's important everyone gets a little bit of a scope of each of your operations. Uh, Ladies first, Wendy, come to share with everyone, um, what, what are you, what's your revenue goal for capital uh, plumbing and heating this year? Um, what are your, what's your employee breakdown look like, kind of office um, and then field? And finally, kind of share what your management team looks like. So three, three big questions right there to start off. 
Thanks, Bob. And thanks, Mike. You guys know that it's hard to stop me when I get talking, so please just make the slide. <laughs> but uh, I own Capital Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And we have currently at this point 15 employees and just like every company, frantically looking for more. Uh, we have uh, two, I have two managers and two CSRs up front and they are CSRs slash, slash dispatchers. They wanted to learn how to do everything, so they do. Yeah. And then we have 10 trucks out there right now with technicians in them. And they are all cross-trained in everything. They can plumb, they can do AC, they can do uh, furnaces and whatever else. So it's a fun and it's a really close, tight-knit team to be a part of. Sure. Our revenue goal for this year is $3.8 million. That's good. And uh, after last year, we're really hoping, well, it looks like we're going to get there because we're having an unprecedented heat wave in Alberta too. So it looks like we're going to get there with no problem. My leadership style is, uh, well, the guys all laughed when I walked into the training room this morning because my kids have bought me a cup, a coffee cup that says, like a boss on it. And they just <laughs> had a, a jiggle because it isn't, I don't act like a boss. I mean, yeah. bottom line, if something needs to be done, it, it, it is done. But it's yeah. very collaborative. Very How would you like to see this done? What would you like to see us do? Show me how that looks if you've got a different way to do something. Yeah. So that's how we operate around capital. It's very much everybody has a say in everything. That's great. That's great. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you so much. Joe, kind of the same question to you. Let's start off. Uh, kind of what's your revenue target for this year at Summers and Zims? What's, what's your total uh, employee count kind of broken down roughly uh, office and field? And then what's your, what's your manager situation look like? Who's helping you run, run the operation? Okay. Uh, at the end of this month, we'll be about 6.2 million with just a couple months to go. So 7.2, something like that, 7.4, maybe to finish out our year. That's great. Uh, we have a little over 30 people and eight of us in the office and the rest in the field. And how many managers we have, I was looking at that. We can get into that as we talk about leadership. But I would say out of the 30, at least 15 to 20 of those are our managers. Okay. Meaning they can think on their feet, they can make decisions on their own without uh, calling me to make the, the minor decisions. Right, right, that's good stuff, that's good stuff. When, Wendy kind of contributed to the extra uh, of, of what kind of a leader she, she sees herself. And I know we didn't script this, but Joe, what, how do you see yourself as a leader? Are you, what's, you know, how would you classify yourself? Yeah, I don't know, good question. I heard her say that and I thought, wow, I wonder what my leadership style is. Uh, uh, <laughs> I would say helper, uh, I enjoy, yep. I enjoy coming along and helping people. I don't necessarily have I have a few uh, chores I do every morning, but for the most part, uh, I'm kind of there to to help everybody else in, in their roles. That's great. That's great. I love that. Uh, specifically, you know, there's lots of qualities we can talk about. Of great leaders, we're, we kind of identified five that we're going to talk about today. And uh, the first quality we're going to talk that great leaders all have is they kind of clearly define what their organization stands for. And uh, Wendy, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, what are the core values of capital plumbing and heating and how often are they kind of presented in the business and discussed amongst your team? Okay, we have signs all over the office stating our core values. The one behind me actually has it there. And they are delivering unequal client experience, build a positive team and family environment, 
where people's goals can be achieved. We want to know what our staff will need. Embrace and drive innovation in every department. Uh, continue to learn and improve through a commitment to training. And we do that continually. And build open and honest relationships with our clients, our team members, and their families. That's great. How often do you, I mean, they're all over the office. Do you talk about them much in meetings? Are they are they part of the onboarding process when you bring a, a new employee in? Are they are they discussed then and kind of introduced then? Maybe talk a little yeah. bit more about how you yeah. utilize them. Definitely in the onboarding process. When we onboard anybody, it's the three-day process mm-hmm. that was set out by SGI, and it works mm-hmm. really, yeah. really well. Um, we review them because every once in a while I look at them and I think, do they sound a little bit too formal for what this staff is and let's make sure they understand what that means so we'll talk about i'll pull one out and say you guys do you feel like we're doing this do you feel like this is what we're doing yeah and so we talk about them probably at least once every three weeks we'll throw something into our training about are we doing this is this who we are Yeah. yeah how long have you had them established was that when before you bought the business with you know obviously you were there before you bought it but is that something you and greg established did you guys collectively come together with those some years ago yeah we did probably only about five or six years ago okay uh we didn't have any formal process in place and it was like let's make sure that we all feel the same way yeah so. yeah did you, and was it just the two of you that came up with them with the other managers, or did you kind of have a, a team a session to discuss what what you guys all value, or, or maybe talk about that process a little bit? Because I know there's people that are going to watch that go, yeah, yeah we, we need to do that. We just haven't done it yet. It turned out to be a team thing because Greg and I started talking, and uh, it sounded very stiff and formal, and, <laughs> and is this who we are? Or are we just putting something out there because we're supposed to have a mission statement and core values? Sure. So it ended up being a team thing. It started off with the managers throwing together some ideas and then mm-hmm. up to the team. Is this who Very we good. are or who do we want to be? Great. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Joe, uh, let's let's start off with the same question to you. Um, you know, what are what are the core values of Summers and Sims and kind of how do you use them in your business, um, you know, day to day, weekly or whatever? So what do you say to that? The, uh, the four core values that hang around our place are honest, excellent, gritty, and good-natured. Um, the honest and excellent, um, I think, are just kind of assumed. Yeah. Uh, we get more traction out of the gritty and good-natured. And, yeah. <laughs> and those come up in conversation a lot, I think. Uh, either uh, sarcastically, if guys are rooting each other, they'll say, well, that wasn't very gritty or that's not very good-natured or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, but they're in front of them. And shortly after we uh, put Gritty on our list, uh, the Philadelphia hockey team picked a mascot named Gritty. So we got a little oh, yeah. extra attraction out of that. So That's great. That's great. So, yeah, I'm intrigued by this 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 gritty. What 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 do you guys define as gritty? Is it just that you can come up with any kind of a solution or are you willing to actually go the extra mile? What What does the gritty mean to you guys? Well, there's a story we always tell in our onboarding when we talk about gritty, and that is a story about my dad when he was a kid. Uh, we sold uh, milk tanks off for dairy farms, which is kind of like a stainless steel hot tub. Yeah. And the deal was the farmer was to help dad get the milk tank in and out, and then he would do the piping and wiring. But one farmer was disgusted that my grandfather didn't come out, that he sent my dad instead. So he refused to help. So my dad, you have to know him to appreciate it. 
he decided he was getting this thing out by himself somehow. So he stopped up the drains in the milk house and then flooded the milk house until the tank floated, took the windows out and shoved it out the window. So that's, that's gritty. <laughs> that is gritty. That's gritty. That's funny. So so how do you talk about gritty with the team though? When you talk about being gritty, what is that what does that mean day to day for like your your text in the field? Yeah, I'll mess you all up because I think one of your future questions is about making mistakes. And, oh, that's all right. Uh, you know, you can make a mistake by doing something incorrectly. We all do. Yeah. Uh, the only things that drive me crazy are the ones where uh, you come to a fork in the road and you sit down. Uh, that's yeah. not gritty. Right. Uh, make a decision. Keep moving. Get the thing done. Find a way to, to overcome it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this time of year, we're learning that for sure. Uh, with all the equipment shortages, oh, yeah. I mean, we could just tell a customer, I'm sorry, your unit's three weeks out, we can't do anything, but sure, uh, we find a way. We get the old one running, we switch brands, we whatever it takes to, to try to get that thing in. Right, right. Now, when did you uh, put pen to paper and actually, you know, publish internally your four core values? How long have they been around? Uh, we joined SDI, I'll say six or seven years ago, so it was a little bit after that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Doug, one of the guys in the office who has the unfortunate position that I can see him when my door's open. So I, I tend to say <laughs> all day long. But I was, I was thinking we were those four values, I think, long before we put the signs up. Yeah. Uh, they were more recognized and encouraged than it wasn't some think tank that we all sat around and say, sure. what kind of people do we want to be? Yeah. Did you introduce them or did you start hanging them on the wall and everyone just kind of acknowledged that they were there? Um, we, we hung them on the wall for sure, but we were talking about them before the banners, I'm sure. Good sure. nature was not my idea. I thought that was a, um, I like the theme, but yeah. I thought that was kind of a cornball way to say it, but it has stuck so much. Our, our customers, uh, if I go into the local diner, there's always an old guy there. I'll say, here comes the good nature guy. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, they stick. And I think the unintended consequence of the good natured guys, which is our slogan, Oh, is, okay. Yeah, we've attracted good-natured customers. Yeah. Uh, our techs, if they would come from a, another contractor, will often say how friendly our customers are. Huh. And I think through the advertising, people relate to, I'm good-natured, and I'd like to use a good-natured company as well. Sure. That's great. So good-natured was a tagline before it was a core value. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Okay. okay, very good. That's great. That's really good. That's really good. Good stuff. Um, and oh, yeah, I guess as a follow up, um, is there any part? Because I asked Wendy, when 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 new people join your big business, you know, I'm sure new people are coming all the time. Do you guys talk about core values, or is it just something that that it's on the wall and people recognize them? Uh, each one of those, we have a story in the onboarding process that that we talk about, That's right. uh, which I won't bore you with every story. You heard the one about the gritty, but each core yeah. value has a has a real life story from That's our right. company that goes with it. That's really good. I mean, people remember stories more than they remember presentations. So I think that's a that's a really good idea. That's a good nugget right there. Um, all right, let's hop to our our next uh, our next you know uh, leadership quality we're going to discuss, and that is great leaders invest in their people and their people they can see that and they appreciate that. So uh, Wendy, let's hop over to you. Um, I know you guys are are big into training, but can you kind of explain uh, what your training process is like? Uh, for each department. So, uh, you know, how many days a week are you doing it? You know, what kind of training are you doing? Who manage, manages it? Lots of questions right there. So uh, take it away. 
Okay. Well, I'll start uh, with the managers. We meet every week and talk about training. We take advantage of every LA Live leadership training course or or manager training course that's out there uh, for Shade, and and that's with myself and Shay and Ryan. Then with the CSRs and dispatchers, of course, we do the onboarding program with them. Shay meets once a week. We we set aside an hour once a week where she sits with each one of them individually to find out what else they might want to do, uh, how things are going, what else they might want to learn. Yep. And and uh, every year we redo telephone essentials. We redo we redo we redo the courses. You have to just redo them all the time. That's great. And uh, on the technician side, we train every day. Mm-hmm. Every day now that we're back in here, the guys meet upstairs at seven thirty, and <coughs> pardon me, sure. we train on uh, their safety and technical issues once a week technical mm-hmm. training and we have equipment in our training room for that to happen mm-hmm. and we have uh role playing customer service uh we have a day that we call just our fun day where our guys write individual thank you cards to one customer a week that they made a connection with that has nothing to do with their service like nothing to do with the actual technical side how did sure. you make the connection with this customer that's great and where we celebrate you know uh KPIs or Google reviews or something. We print all those and go up. Mm-hmm. And we use our senior technicians to do a lot of that training upstairs. Okay. And you might be the wrong word. They enjoy doing it because if they're doing quality checks or they're talking to the guys out back, they can see that, oh, we need to review this part. Okay. And so they do that. So yeah. uh, Brian is in charge of coordinating all that training. We have a large calendar for the month where it's spelled out what we're going to train every day. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. And it can change if we notice a problem coming up, yeah. but that's exactly how it goes. I go to those training meetings every morning also, mm-hmm. uh, because just because that's, yeah. it, it's, uh, so sometimes they ask me a question if they need to, or yeah. I love the role playing part. So sometimes yeah. I have one that, that helps lead the role play. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it's a daily, daily thing here. That's great. Um, I, I feel like call center doesn't always get enough attention. So I'm going to follow up with a question there. You said mm-hmm. Chase sits down with sits down with each individual once a week. Is that, once is that a week. right? Okay. Yeah. And what will and, and you said they'll talk about maybe what things uh, they want additional training on or or what 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 else is discussed. And also because I know I hear this a lot, how do I find time to pull someone off the phones to do this? So how do you manage that uh, with your schedule? Well, if you don't find time it's going to cause a problem somewhere down the road. So that's why we established Thursday afternoon for an hour for one, Friday afternoon for an hour for one, and we just know. And uh, either Ryan and I will jump in and answer telephones here, or, you know, it's, that's the way it works. They don't want us on there for much longer than an hour. (laughs) But most of the times we find that other than the formalized LA live training, that most of our training concerns are brought up by people who are experiencing something. Mm-hmm. So one of the, you know, Amanda might say, I've had four or five people call today that are just really angry this week. who are really angry about having to wait. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay. So it allows Shane to start making a list of things that perhaps, okay, let's do a list. Let's do this. And let's do this. 
So okay. every training session for the CSRs is very focused yeah. on what yeah. they're experiencing. That's great. Well, you kind of like we'll we'll script out how to handle that. She will do that with with your. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, maybe also talk about. I, I love that you mentioned role playing. I think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. But you said that uh, your team just got together finally for the first time in a while because of the shutdowns. Um, but and they wanted to role play, right? They enjoy it. They do. Uh, a new employee is always uncomfortable. Some of the employees who have been here four years are uncomfortable. But they still have to do it yeah. because the room is such a good team that they're not picking on anybody and they're not doing whatever. Right. If somebody struggles, they're usually giving him quite a hand or her quite a hand to make things go ahead. But yeah. they know what has to happen. Right. So it's they do it. Yeah. 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 And you guys have been doing it for, for many years. It's something that's oh. been a big part of your culture and, and your success. Yeah. 10 That's years wonderful. for sure yeah will you role play certain situations or is it you do the whole call from beginning to end that changes uh yeah. sometimes there'll be a situation again that's come up because we review invoices all the time as a team also right, right. so it'll be like okay we seem to be having a problem presenting options mm-hmm. so we'll have them jump into the middle of a call sometimes it's like let's all just get a refresher as right now because we're all back in the office again Go outside the door here, knock on the door, let's go through an entire call. <laughs> yeah. And then see how it works to make sure we haven't forgotten anything. That's cool. And uh, yeah, so it's it's always based on what's happening with the guys or the girls out there right now. That's wonderful. Good stuff. Thank you so much. Joe, uh, same question to you. Um, what's your training process like at Summers and Zims? How many days a week are we doing it? Um, you know, what kind of training, who manages it, all that good stuff. Uh, first off, I guess uh, kudos to Kevin and Kenny. They're the two guys that do the, the bulk of our training. Okay. And um, they've been doing all sorts of creative things during COVID. Uh, oh, yeah. Trying to do the training uh, via the iPads that the guys use in their trucks so they can sit in the truck and watch training. Uh, but typically, without universal pandemics, uh, we meet Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday morning. Tuesday morning is like SGI training. Thursday okay. morning is technical training. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday morning, we meet with the younger guys who uh, ask any questions that they might have been afraid to ask on Tuesday or Thursday morning. Oh, so, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because those young guys don't want to talk up when all the seasoned vets are sitting around. That's right. Yeah. Even though we know very well they didn't understand what was said. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, do you guys do any kind of role playing or, or your SGI training? Let's dig into that. What does your SGI training uh, consist of? Yeah, Kevin, uh, I thought there was a little bubble over my head that said, please don't ask me about role playing. But uh, uh, yeah. no, that's all right. <laughs> the, no, I, uh, I'm the opposite personality. I, I hate role playing. And sure. Uh, Mike knows even things like this are a struggle for me. But yeah. Um, but our SGI training might be, it could be webbed in with somebody from Learning Alliance Live, or uh, or it's just Kevin uh, watching the training and then uh, reciting it back to our guys. A lot of, uh, we try to be, uh, raise our average tickets by being extremely thorough. Right, right. So uh, it could be a mix of technical things uh, as simple as, you know, checking run capacitors. And I don't know, I'm talking over my head now, but, Apparently, when I did it, we used to take them off and check them with a, a tester. 
And now they say that's not as good. You have to check it while it's being used. And so there's a lot of thorough things and uh, how to give those options to the to the customers, the five-year run caps versus the you know the twelve-dollar ones on Amazon. Or, right, right, yeah. right. Now, will your guys fill out a a, a a paper inspection? Is that required on every call? You know, and do you classify good? You know, not so good. Definitely need to be addressed. Yeah, in fact, uh, we use what is called the iManifold, uh, and as uh, one of we had a guy doing a ride along yesterday, and he just came in and was telling me that when the superheat and subcooling get to what they're supposed to be, then the uh, the iPad actually changes from red to yellow to green, uh, so that we know it's it's what it should be. And okay. I think the other good thing that's happened this summer when it got hot, because there is a list, and you have to check everything off the list when you do maintenance. Uh, we have less callbacks with our own customers. It's amazing how that happens. Yeah. Um, so what? let's talk about that, because I do hear this question, and, and even good members struggle with this. Uh, when you get guys that just don't want to do the checklist, or they forget okay. to do the checklist, how do we? How is that addressed? What, what, what is it? If, I, if, I'm, if I forgot to do it in two calls uh, today, what, what happens to me tomorrow? Um, initially, I mean, we were somewhat patient that's kind of kenny's gig he's our he's our technical guy yeah. but he just he just flat insisted that it has to be done uh by the i manifold checklist and it i don't know if it doesn't let you finish the checklist but there were certainly times early on when uh, people would you know i don't know check not check the run capacitor or not check the motor amperage with the door closed or something but they probably got sick of hearing from Kenny, so they finally gave in and did it. Okay, so it's part of the culture now. Everyone just accepts that you have to do this. Yeah, in fact, Mike and I were talking yesterday on our coaching call. Our club conversions are really good, and it's because the guys really believe in maintenance. Uh, they, that is part of the culture after many years that if you maintain the stuff, it'll run. Yeah. Do you uh, do you guys all do the three options with every kind of a repair type type of a situation? I know H HVAC is a little different, but yeah, sometimes. no, Kenny does that all on Tuesday mornings. Uh, the would could should routine, yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, you have to do this to get it running, and I, I you should do this repair, and if you want to, you could just replace the thing. Yeah. yeah. Is is the club membership automatically included in each one of those options? So it's just kind of an assumed sale. Uh, I would say the uh, the club membership would be in the middle tier, meaning I have to put this part on. Yeah. But you know we could have avoided this in the first place if you had had a club membership and had the maintenance done. So it's yeah. using the middle of the road. But okay. Yeah. Very good. You said ride along, so I got to bring it up. How uh, how often uh, are ride alongs conducted uh, with you guys? Who's doing them? What's the rotation like? Uh, Kenny, or Kenny and Kevin do ride-alongs a good bit. Uh, the ride-along I was discussing yesterday was actually just a, a kid from the community trying to decide if he wanted to do HVAC or not. Oh, okay. So I would say we've done a dozen of those in the last couple months of kids trying to decide if they want to go to trade school or uh, things like that. So that's great. That's great. Was that a well? This has nothing. Well, I guess it has to do with the leadership a little bit. But I'm going to chase this rabbit while it's there. Is that a relationship that you fostered with a local trade school or or a trades high school? How did that come about? Yeah, there's um, a local high school for sure. Uh, two kids came from a, a youth center that we had a relationship with. Um, 
and a lot of it is friends and relatives of people that do work here. Okay. Now, so do you do, you do anything at the school in particular? Do you speak? Do you? Does anyone uh, uh, teach over there? I've heard all sorts of things over the years. Uh, we have done uh, different career days and things like that, but I think yep. mostly it's uh, it goes back to a positive feeling that our own employees have about working here. So yep. they're they're spreading that word to uh, to their friends and relatives as well. That's right. You're the good natured guys. Of course you do. That's right. That's right. Support for this podcast comes from Home Depot Pro. With an inventory of more than 100,000 products, the Home Depot Pro's product selection includes both the name brands you seek and the exclusive brands you trust. For more information, go to www.ebarnett.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm talking to Michael Zeller from SGI, Wendy Ellis of Capital Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta, and Joe Zimmerman from Summers and Zims in Ackland, Pennsylvania. And we're talking about the five qualities of great leaders. It's been hugely insightful so far, this conversation. It's only going to get better. Uh, in the second half here of this conversation, we're going to answer the following questions. How do you let your people fail? How do you keep open communication with your team? How do you reward and motivate? And we took questions from the live audience that we had at the time. Uh, so let's jump back into this conversation I had with Michael, Wendy, and Joe. Our next uh, quality uh, that we're going to talk about great leaders share is they set expectations uh, they allow their team to execute, and they also allow them to fail uh, without micromanaging. So, Joe, let's let's hop back to you. We'll let you lead it off this time. Um, how do you set expectations for kind of each level of employee at Summers and Zims? And then as a follow-up, you know, and you kind of talked about it a little bit, what happens uh, when someone makes a mistake or a manager in a department struggling? Um, how do you kind of use those those instances as learning experiences? I think as far as physical mistakes, we're – we're very easy on on that field, but encouraging people, I don't know, I'll just think this morning, generally I'll start my day by writing in my planner, if everything else goes wrong today, I've got to get these one or two things done well today to have a good day. And I called the one fellow, Jeff, this morning, and I said, uh, it's your lucky day because one of those two things, I'm not doing what you are. Uh, I want the job you're on to go well today. And yeah. And he said, you know, I'll, I'll treat it like a big game. We got to win. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the expectations were set for him, not so much the mechanical tasks that he was doing. He can certainly handle that. I said, but I want that to be a very happy customer when you leave. And he took that very well. And I'm sure they are. Sure. Sure. Do you do a lot of one on one type of uh, conversations with with the managers or leaders in your in your business? Or is it mostly just team team settings, uh, team meetings where, where things are discussed and expectations are kind of rolled out? Uh, I'd say a lot of one-on-one. Uh, fortunately, Ethan, our, my oldest son, is uh, our dispatcher, and he'll often send me just the other day, and uh, if any of our team's watching this, I'm going to hear about it, but uh, <laughs> he asked if I would help one of the guys get a water heater in a basement. So I ran out and got there before the guy did and told the customer, I said, hey, I'm, I'm here to help on the water heater. I'm a little early. Is it all right if I get down in the basement and get started? And I did and chatted with the customer a little bit and left before the guy was done. And the next morning, the plumber comes in and he hands me 10 bucks and says, hey, the, uh, the customer, when I was done, said your helper was really nice. Could you give me this tip? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So uh, a lot of things. I get a lot of opportunities like that just to, to give a guy a hand for whatever they're doing. And 
I enjoy getting out of the office and I don't think the guys mind it too much either. No, that's a great, you know, that's just a great demonstration of leadership they, that you see, they see that you're not, you know, you're willing to pitch in and, and help where, where it's necessary. That's really good. I like that a lot. That's great, Bill. Um, all right. Wendy, kind of same question to you. Um, how are expectations kind of communicated uh, with, with your employees? Um, and then kind of what happens when, when people fail? How do you make it a learning experience versus a, uh, a beat down experience, which we all <laughs> Once in a while, there probably is a beat down. You know, <laughs> the expectations, I mean, you start off when you first hire them, telling them what's required as they go through training and whatever else. That's cool. um, again, it's, it's, everybody plays a part in that. So when we look at, in our training room, we look at our invoices with the team every morning randomly they understand what gross margin means they understand uh offering options they understand capital club membership so most of the time i'm fortunate enough to be able to stand back and listen to them help each other that's great maybe you could have done another option this way or maybe this could happen ryan meets uh with each technician once a month to review their actual KPIs. But we meet with them every second week, like we're meeting with them on a regular basis just to go over, did you struggle or was there a problem here or can we do this? Because if we leave it for a month, it's a month wasted type thing. And uh, so Ryan and I will talk about areas of concern we might have each morning Mm -hmm. from what I'm looking at with invoicing and whatever. Uh, the CSRs up front will bring up any concerns they might have. And sometimes expectations are tough, but it's all tied to when the job is complete, that means there are paper inspection forms, paper health and and safety forms, paper diagnostic forms, because the customers like the paper forms. There need to be pictures before and after, and they all need to be up front so the girls are closing that invoice. That's great. Before it transfers over to payroll. That's just the way the system works. Yeah. There's usually not a problem with That's great. You know, with them completing things. Sometimes the expectation to reach specific S, uh, KPIs needs to be taken care of. But sure. Yeah. It's, That's great. Yeah. That's great. I like that you you also uh, Ryan meets with them and discusses their KPIs so they know what those are. Uh, you mentioned that you, you your people know what gross margin is, and I think that's something that's fantastic, and I think would help a lot more businesses if, if you explain to their people you know that every dollar that they make isn't going into your pocket, right? There's there's all these costs. So how did you originally talk to them about what gross margin means and 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 where all the dollars uh, from a, a replacement sale, for example, go? You know what? We just jumped into it, and it was a matter of, I need you to understand why we're priced the way we are, which was really helpful to people who were coming on board to straightforward pricing, right? right. This is why we're priced the way we are. Mm-hmm. So they all understand that time and materials or lost materials or not enough material affects their gross margin. Yeah. They understand that commissions even do that because if Dave's going to go out and sell something and then we don't do a great job putting it in, it's going to make a big difference, right? Sure. We also share things that go below the line. I don't share okay. the entire financial statement with them, but when we're talking about why we're priced or if we're changing the prices in our books or whatever else, it's like anybody, you know, we sat in the room one morning with everybody and said, how much do you guys think we spend on employee benefits? Oh, yeah. 
How much do you think it costs for our view our fleet insurance? Yeah. And yeah, you know, and just ask them. So they're all really cognizant of that and they pay yeah. attention. So when we look at the calls in the morning, one of the first things they'll notice, we use successware and be like, oh, that gross margin doesn't look right. What right. could you have done differently? So it helps to include them. It also uh, you know, for the for the financial benefit for us. But it makes them feel like they really are part of this company. Yep. They get to contribute everywhere. That's wonderful. I love that. I love that. Good stuff. Thank you, Wendy. Uh, all right, let's keep moving along because the time is flying. Uh, another big trait of great leaders is communication. And you guys have illustrated that in your answers already. Uh, but, you know, your, your employees, your team members, they want to know what's going on in their workplace, right? They don't like the surprises. So, um, Wendy, let's, let's start with you now. Uh, you've talked about all sorts of ways that you guys communicate formally. So I'm not going to ask that question again. How about how about just informally? How how you know what what's uh, you know how how many conversations are you having with your people in the morning? Uh, who are you talking to? Uh, or you know are you kind of quick and, and in the office? I don't think that's that's you. So maybe talk about how communication, what it's like at, at Capital. Ryan and I talk to every guy every morning, every single one. I usually am standing at the back door with my coffee as they're loading up their trucks yeah. and doing that. I start off with Jeff in the shop because if Jeff is happy and smiling, everybody else does much better. You know that things are going okay supply-wise. Sure. But uh, I talk to them all. Both Ryan and – or all Ryan, Shay, and I, we all have offices right in the front office by our CCRs and dispatchers, so we can hear everything. Sure. If somebody comes into the office and chatting and, and is – Talking to Ryan, I go over there and say, how are you doing or what's going on or what's happening on your call? We have a big Wahoo button in our office for whenever <laughs> anybody does something well. If the girls cool. get great, uh, happy call, just what's so like, you know, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? You know, yeah. uh, our office is wide open. We are all available by phone if necessary. Fortunately, nobody's calling me all the time because it's like, what is she going to do? Shay's better at this and Ryan's <laughs> better at this. Yeah. But And the group itself, we have a, a uh, group on Facebook and a group on text that they help each other out all the time. That's great. So we all see each of us or talk to each one of us every single day. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Joe, same kind of, kind of question to you. You've already outlined all the great ways you guys kind of talk uh, formally, but maybe informally. How... How often are you talking to everyone in the office? Uh, what's your kind of routine in the morning? You you smiling and stuff like that, or, or you know, just kind of share what what uh, what the environment is there at Summers and Sims. As far as the office goes, uh, we probably talk too much. Uh, <laughs> my wife comes in, you know, every other day or so, and uh, sticks her head and says, "Would you please leave these people alone so they can get something done?" But uh, but you know, the eight of us in the office are talking all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's a small community, and just by geography, our guys are dispatched from home, uh, meaning their clock starts when they get to the first job. But if there's 25 guys, 18 of them are here every morning, hanging around, drinking a cup of coffee anyway, or at the end of the day. And yeah. some of the younger guys, we have a little fitness center on site as well that they're oh. in too. So that's, so, a, good yeah, idea. That's, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I like it. 
Uh, wonderful. All right. Um, the next quality I'd like to, to get your guys insight on is, is great leaders know how to uh, reward and motivate, right? So we ask a lot of our people, we ask them to train, we ask them to role play, we, we give them expect, you know, KPIs to hit. Uh, so you need to reward and, and kind of motivate them and, and to show your appreciation. So uh, Joe, let's jump to you. How do you compensate your team in a way that they want to push their performance? So, uh, you know, what's what's the compensation like? Is it what kind of performance pay you guys do? Is it commission or what do you guys do over there? Uh, we're, we're still hourly. Uh, the guys are paid hourly. There's fits for certain things. And we have uh, uh, what we call boot days that we'll, we can talk about in a little bit. But I think primarily the guys perform because they know they're cared for and respected. Uh, I know I can't do what they do. They're better at it than I am. Uh, and I respect them for it, and I think that goes both ways. They, my skills are different than theirs, and they respect me and know that my part's needed as well. That's uh, Kate is across the wall here. Uh, she's the finance person. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it without her. I can't do what she does, and she can't fix furnaces. So uh, <laughs> I, the mutual respect is probably the biggest thing. In fact, That's wonderful. Uh, I was thinking that when you're talking about training, when COVID hit, our average tickets actually got better when our training stopped and it, it obviously isn't because we train less it's because we have a group of really good people that knew hey times are really tough i yeah. can make the most of every call and it's uh, with people like that you you're not going to lose very often that's great now yeah you mentioned boots so i got i, I want to bring this up specifically uh that you go above and beyond you know more than just the compensation you you find ways to really show your people uh, that you appreciate them. So kind of share what are some things that you, you've you done uh, for your people just to know how much you care about them. Yeah, it started years ago. It was in a hot summer that things were just tough. And we brought in a, a Red Wing boot truck and parked it in the parking lot and just told everybody, you know, walk in and pick out a pair of boots. So even though it has nothing to do with boots anymore, we still call it boot day. Okay. Uh, periodically, we will... Uh, We'll just have a day unexpected that uh, it's either gifts or chicken barbecue or home run derby or whatever. <laughs> uh, the biggest one, well, we did a couple kind of wild retirement things. Paul Riddle helped this one time. A fellow retired after, oh, I don't know, 45 years of service or so. And he helped us give him a Harley Davidson at his retirement party. But oh, wow. This past summer we were really slow in the beginning of covid before it got hot and then we're trying to make up for lost ground and we kept telling the guys just keep working there'll be time to put your feet up later and all summer long we said that and then in october uh, we brought in 10 or 12 different choices of lazy boys and then just told the guys to, to pick we had a food truck there and just made kind of a fun afternoon of it and said Pick your lazy boy and put your feet up. That's awesome. I, I, I've looked at the lazy boy store. That stuff's not cheap. That's great, Joe. That's wonderful. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Wonderful. Uh, now, Wendy, I know you uh, you guys do some fun stuff. Before we get into the, the more fun stuff you guys do, how, how do your how is your team kind of compensated to, to keep them driven? Um, what kind of incentives are there at Capital? Okay. We pay by the hour, too, here. So, uh, well, they don't mind the time and a half on call and whatever. We have sure. a fairly extensive spit list. Okay. And because we have a lot of selling technicians too, 
when they reach certain levels of packages or equipment or whatever else, they also get to take part in the commission, which is even more so than the SPIF. Sure. Uh, we have contests. We have a spinning wheel for every, anybody who hits their revenue goal that month gets to spin the wheel. Because we know them well, we have specific gift cards on them. You know, it's kind of like, oh, we know they're going to like this, so let's do right. this. Right. Um, we do breakfasts. Now that we're back in again, we can do that. We do breakfasts one one Friday for sure every month where everybody yeah. can come and just have bacon and eggs. And if it's been a spectacular month, Ryan's convinced me that it's, and we've done it, is steak and eggs and everything else that we want. Sounds um, good to me. Sometimes it's just the small things. Uh, yeah. Because it's been so hot out here, a couple of mornings I've just gone out back with a lot of cash in my hand and said, uh-huh. I want you to make sure you get lots to drink today. I want you to make sure you get some lunch because I know we're going to be busy. Yeah. I want you when you go home to make sure you take your family for dinner or buy skip the dishes or something because they've been going like crazy. Sure, sure. Our CSRs are included in all of that uh, kind of stuff. And we also have spit lists for them too, so they're included. They're yeah. just as important on what can happen there. Uh, you know, we, I, I love... Love the boot and the lazy boy idea. That's really cool. We've done trips to Mexico for for uh, capital club memberships and whatever else. And sure. right now, the majority of my guys are cash motivated. Yeah. However, there are some that enjoy the thought that if they if they're busy, busy, fine. Here's a paid day off to to add in or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah. And I and I've seen your team at Expo. You bring lots of people to Expo too. I know that. So they get to experience that. That's wonderful. Good stuff. Wonderful. Thank you, Wendy. All right. Well, we are getting to, uh, we're, we're, we're rolling through here. I want to get to some more questions. Uh, we did get a, a question um, from uh, from the membership. Um, We've we got a funny one, but we're running out of time, so I'm not going to get to that. But Mr. Dave Hill asked, uh, what key elements do you look for when recruiting for your leadership team? Um, now, Wendy, I'll go to you because I think most of your leaders have grown internally, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of answers that. Um, what when when you did elevate those individuals, what about them uh, made it an obvious choice that they they were that you know they could be a leader in your business? Okay, first of all, an absolute trust and buy-in into the SGI process. Mm-hmm. It's you either are in or you're out. I find in this type thing, so it's like you've got to believe in the training and whatever. Um, for both of uh, Shay and Ryan, because they've grown internally, it was how well did they listen to when people were asking them questions? How well did they, uh, you know, how willing were they to to spend some time helping to find a solution? I look yeah. for people who can really think on their own. I call it the common sense syndrome. And I think we're all, you know, how, tell me what a solution is. Everyone yeah. who works here knows that I will listen to anything. But mm-hmm. even the technicians know, come into Wendy's office with the problem, what you thought of might solve that problem or a way you see it changing, and she'll tell you yes or no. Mm-hmm. Tell her how much it is if it's something that involves expense, and she'll tell you yes or no. That's great. I like people who can think for mm-hmm. themselves and who aren't afraid to think for themselves. Sometimes somebody new in their position has to challenge you a bit because they don't know. It's like, mm-hmm. just think for yourself. And so lots of times I don't have to solve any problems with the leaders that I have here. And I found that with CSRs, technicians, who's going to step out uh, just with their servant attitude? How can I help you guys? That's wonderful. Good stuff. Um, Joe, same kind of question to you. Well, no, a little, a little different. Let's go back to the original question. What? Um, 
the managers that you have, the leaders that you have, were they all internal people that have, have grown up or have you had to hire some into those positions? I guess other than Doug, they're all internal. Rob was a sheet metal guy. He's been here 25 years. Kevin was an HVAC tech. Uh, Joe was a plumber. Uh, Ethan grew up here just as as my son in the grunt. Um, the only guy we uh, Doug started here in February. He's he was a baker for 25 years. Had his own bakery, but uh, and his his role will be a little unique to the rest of them. But Steve, yeah, they. They all grew up here. What's Doug's role? I'm, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Doug's role, we brought Doug in. Uh, we, we've had some success in getting young guys and teaching them the trade. And it's worked really well, to be honest. We don't have many needs of uh, that for employees. I mean, we pretty much have what we need and can get them. What we have realized, though, is we might need to teach these guys more than just HVAC and plumbing. Mm -hmm. So, Doug, when we get the COVID protocols all squared away, in August, he's going to start doing some Dave Ramsey classes. Oh, good. Yeah. He'll be just in you know general life skills as well as uh, he doesn't know anything about heating and air conditioning, so we're not going to learn much there from Doug. But yeah, um, but life skills in general, uh, he's going to help with too. That's great. He can he can make, make a, a mean loaf of bread too. Um, yeah, there you go. And barbecue chicken. He's good at that. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, before I jump to questions, just for the those in the audience, and we've got a pretty good group. I think 50 people or so. Um, if you have a question, type it out, and I, I will get to it in, in a minute or two. But I wanted to give you a minute to, to type those out while we continue to talk. So no, no need just to sit here and quiet. So um, so please do that while while we continue. Uh, Zeller, you've been sitting there looking so pretty with that beard. So let's throw a question to you. Um, you've been in lots of leadership roles, um, had your own business. You know, you've had a, a leadership role in the business after that. Uh, what are some of the most common qualities you've seen in the very best leaders you've worked with and worked for? So it's interesting because as I'm sitting here listening to Joe and Wendy, I, I put a little list together before of what qualities I think are really imperative to be a good leader. And as they're talking, I keep checking them off because they're hitting a lot of these boxes. So I think it says a lot about you two. So great job and, and great job on today's call as well. But um, that's part of the reason why you're on the call is how well true and how well you guys are doing as leaders within your business. So mm -hmm. I wanted to say that first. So thank you both. Um, for, for me, I, I, I kind of have a short list, which is, you know, a leader has to operate with honesty and integrity because they need to inspire trust in their people. And if their people won't trust them, they will not follow them. Right. Um, obviously, you want the old cliche of leading by example, but that is absolutely an imperative quality as well because mm -hmm. no one wants to say, they're going to emulate what you do. Um, they have to be effective communicators because the idea of folks wanting to follow you is that you're going to motivate and inspire them, and it's very difficult to do so if you cannot communicate to them. And I think an, another great quality, and, and I know this about both your teams as well, Joe and Wendy, is that you both have emotional investments in your team. Um, I've had conversations with, with both of you over the years, and I could see just how emotionally invested you are in your team. And if you really want your team to be emotionally invested in you, they have to know that you're always looking out for their best interests. And you both mm -hmm. do that extremely well. 
And I think lastly is that, you know, great leaders tend to give credit to their team, but when a, a team fails, the leader takes it upon themselves and takes responsibility to, for the failure and tries to look, what could I have done better without pointing fingers? And um, I think as well as you both exhibit all of these qualities in one way or another. So um, those, that's kind of my short list of, of being a good leader. I love it. Good stuff. Uh, we had a question come in, and I'm going to pass it along to uh, Wendy and Joe just to get your insight. Um, the question was, how do you compensate higher management? So the operations manager and the general manager specifically, do they get a percentage of sales or net profit uh, as commission? And if so, how much? So, uh, Wendy, you want to take that? How are your, your managers compensated? Do they get a you know, percentage because if they hit a certain gross margin goal? I know that's something I've heard with some, some companies. Yeah. Well, first of all, both of them come to every expo with me, and we add on an extra three or four days all the time so that we have a chance to debrief and vacation together. But we created, uh, four years ago, we created a, our capital plumbing and heating equity program for employees. Okay. which down the road will be open to senior technicians and CSRs and everything too. Right now it is only for management and it allows us to make bigger annual bonuses based on the things that are important to us and important to them. So for example, Ryan is directly, uh, his is based a lot on gross margin. They both are, but because those are areas that he can directly influence. Yeah. Chase is based on how we can keep our operating expenses in the right place, put them on the line, how are the KPIs for CSRs. And what it does that way then is it allows me to bonus larger amounts because we retain 40% of that in a separate small company that they own called the equity program. Mm. And then each quarter when we review things, we pay them interest and dividends and and we tax it at the time we award it so that when they take that out, it's like a different kind of retirement plan. The tax has been paid on it. It's there. Uh, it, it's there. And yeah. so that has been really interesting because it's a bonus or a benefit to us yeah. knowing that we're still using it to keep track of some important numbers. Yeah. But uh, it's, yeah, they yeah. both yeah. pay attention. It's good. That's great. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's important just to, that people get bonus on stuff they can control. I think that's what, what, what people Well, and do. with the two of them, too, I don't restrict their holidays. If they decide they have to, and so sometimes they don't take enough holiday. And you, yeah. you know, you guys can do this. Uh, and you make special dispensation. Well, we do that for all of our staff. Like there's a time where Ryan has to be home with his kids until nine in the morning and go home at three o'clock. And so, okay, that's fine. Let's just yeah. do this. So. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. All right, Joe, same, uh, I'll pass that question to you from, uh, I can't see who, who asked it, but how do you compensate higher management? So operations managers, general managers, uh, specifically, do they get a percentage of sales or net profit as commission? And if so, how much? Yeah, we're not very creative in that sense. And uh, kudos to Wendy, that's just her whole company. Very creative. presentation seems creative and very, very well run. Our managers are either salary or hourly. Uh, and when it comes to bonuses and things like that, it's really uh, company-wide as far as uh, profit sharing at the end of the year. They get a choice of, and we take a little bit of a hit in Pennsylvania tax-wise, but 
they can either put the entire bonus in their 401k or they can take it all home or split 50 50 or whatever they want to do but that's yeah. more dependent on the company as a whole so we're not very creative on finding ways to uh, on tailoring bonuses to gross margin or anything like that no that's all right that's still good insight thank you joe um, all right, just we are we are really closing in here. I'm going to hop around. Um, Seller, let's get you a little little more uh, pub here. Uh, you you once told me you had you had it's a program that created buy-in, or you saw something that, that other members had done with buy-in with significant others. I'm butchering this terribly, so uh, save me here. What what have you seen other members, or what have you done to help uh, get uh, significant others show their appreciation for them when when their husbands or wives are working long hours in, in those hot summers or super cold winters? So I think what you're talking about is is the baskets that we used to send out before season. So, um, you know, the worst thing you'd want is an employee that is bought in, is willing to work late and then goes home and has their significant other yelling at them because they're not home enough. Right. So our thought was, if we're really going to capitalize on, you know, season and have the folks we would the, the spouses to be bought in as well. So before season, we would send out a basket. And we wouldn't tell the employees we were doing this. We'd send out a basket to the significant others. And, and we kind of did it based on gender, right? If it was a female, it might have certain things in it. It might be a massage, envy kind of thing, and, you know, some other um, nice gifts in there. And if it were the guy, it might be, you know, a gift certificate to, you know, um, you know, barbecue stuff or, you know, whatever. But the point was is we would send out these gift baskets before with a really nice letter saying that we really appreciate you, you're a big part of the success of the company, that your significant other is a big part of why this company does so well, and we just want to thank you for sharing your significant other with us during season, and you're highly appreciated for doing so. So we would do that, and then the response we got when the employees came back in would be, they'd be all be blown away because they didn't expect that to happen, and the wife or husband would say, wow, your company, look what they did. I got in the mail today or delivered to yeah. And then, of course, we would do at least, you know, we would do team building events, but at least once or twice a year, we would do a team building event that included family and children and, you know, a barbecue or something in the park or the beach or something like that. And we'd always try to involve them because if you really want your folks to stay long term, their significant others have to be bought into it. That's great. Good, good insight. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for saving me. I was kind of that question. All right, Larry, last question because we we have hit an hour, uh, but I think this is a, a good one to end on. And uh, Wendy, I'll throw it to you first. How do you continue to develop and grow yourself uh, as a leader today? I belong to a couple of outside groups, like the Women Presidents Group or whatever. Um, usually, when anybody in our staff is training, if it fits, I do the training again too. Yeah. always go to expo and actually it doesn't matter if it's expo or a group line and this is not me just trying to curry favor i've written down about three things joe has said that i'm going to steal and go ahead with you yeah. pick up a nugget no matter how and so i think the important thing is to always be open to it yeah i read books uh we take classes lots of times i'll take classes with shay on developing her management skills so I will also do that, which also makes a difference to mine. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of ongoing all the time. There's always something to read, a question to ask. I'm not embarrassed to ask anybody a question. Sure. If if I don't know an answer, or I think you sound like you have a better way, then I'm probably going to be giving you a call. Right. <laughs> so 
Yeah, that's that's great. Wonderful. Good stuff. Uh, Joe, then same question to you. How do you continue to develop and grow as a leader today? Um, I enjoy reading, so I'm, I'm an avid reader, whether it's leadership books or biographies, uh, certainly SGI. And my uh, my youngest son, Jose, was just uh, kind of caught off guard when he heard that I have uh, coaches, SGI coaches and, and a local coach that comes in once a month and meets with me to hold me accountable to what I said I was going to do next month. And I, he said, why would you ever do that if you got to be the boss? And I said, well, <laughs> be the boss next month too. So, right. yeah, so accountability is probably the biggest, the biggest thing. We probably have enough good ideas if we actually execute them. That's Michael Zeller from SGI, Wendy Ellis from Capital Plumbing and Heating in Edmonton, Alberta, and Joe Zimmerman from Summers and Zims in Eklund, Pennsylvania. They all graciously shared their insight on the five qualities of great leaders in our most recent SGI monthly member panel. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and subscribe. If you're on your favorite podcast player, leave us a five-star review. And please join us for future episodes. It's my promise to you that we will continue to interview successful contractors and other influential individuals in the residential contracting world. This is The Successful Contractor, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from Redesign.co. As an SGI member, you can receive a 100% fully optimized website that's hosted for free. Have a website you already like? Redesign.co can dramatically boost your presence on Google free for 90 days. Redesign.co also has a full-service digital marketing agency that can assist you with your online needs, including PPC. Call 208-261-9898 or visit sgileads.com for more information, including to see how you can get a free consultation of your current website. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager to help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com.